the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along Tuesday, which feels like Monday. But uh, happy that you're with us and glad that you're not uh, washed away by the, the rain. Holy smokes, huh? It's a lot of a lot of water. It was a lo- I was driving down um, south on 279 today, mm-hmm. and the rain was just like shooting yeah. over my car. Mm-hmm. And, like yeah. I couldn't even see out of the out of the side mirrors. I, I thought, does this always happen when it rains this no, hard? No, no, it's just a lot of rain. It was just a lot of lot mm-hmm. of water. Ponding or people? What, what do they call it? Ponding. Yeah. Is that is the water's that a thing? ponding? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of like you know, there's so, so much of it. That's something to be concerned about the ponding. Uh, well, do you drive in the uh, left or right lane? Speak the truth. Left. Me too. Okay. <laughs> that's where it ponds, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this it builds up against the concrete barrier there. Is that my problem? No. Is that why the things no. are more dramatic in the left lane? I get very impatient in the right lane, but when I'm driving home yeah. at night. Yeah. I'm in the right lane. Of course, because everything's mm-hmm. taken care yep. of. You're not in a big I've hurry. Done my thing. Right. When I'm at the tunnel entrance, whatever tunnel, Fort Pitt, Squirrel Hill, whatever, right. I am always in the left lane. Because do you really want to take a longer time to go through the tunnel? No, please. It's like not. like someone punches your ticket, it takes you fifteen minutes on the right hand lane, it takes you maybe three on the left. I the can't stand the inefficiency of it the inefficiency i just think you know like if we're out mm-hmm. here let's just get to where we're going we just go? so that we can go do a thing and turn off your flashers please some people the who love have the flashers on are being careful mm-hmm. john in the right hand lane i'm just saying that they're being careful i don't think it's always bad and if you've got your flashers on in your left hand lane something seriously amiss in your life mm-hmm. just for sure what well, aren't you glad you tuned in for two minutes of us complaining <laughs> On the right home what with John Kathy. Did you enjoy a nice day off yesterday, John? Oh, are you John? kidding me? Christy. Had a fabulous day so off. So did oh. I. Yeah, there's what something. a great day. Who doesn't love a three-day weekend? I love it hmm? so much. Me too. I mean, did you think about uh, Lincoln and Washington all day long? Not in the, in the least. Just just a little bit. Okay. Never once did they cross my mind. <laughs> well, sorry. then President's Day was I'm sorry. not well named. They never crossed my mind, okay. and I love them dearly. Mm-hmm. I do, but that's just, you know. Clearly not so much. Not so much. That's fine. Nope. Anyway, uh, news stories? News is stories. Is it a big day? You think? Well, it's a sad day. It's a sad day, it is. It is really All right, so without day. further ado, Kath, please give us the top four at four. For Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Of course, we all know that the number one news story today is uh, the Russian invasion of portions of Ukraine. Um, so we're going to kind of all accept the fact that that's number one, Right. And I'm going to move on to this is like 1B. Okay. Thank okay. You. Yeah. Uh, interesting story, really uh, interesting story in today's New York Times about the millions of Russians who are watching, watching state-sponsored TV and what they think is happening. Hmm. 
between Russia and Ukraine. Um, the real story. Yeah. The narrative of the last days apparently has been completely different there. Booms and flashes of artillery fire blurred out footage of human remains, women and children crying and fleeing, a separatist appeal to the president, an emergency meeting of Mr. Putin's Security Council. Um, inside Russia, the people are seeing, apparently, according to this article, that the aggression is on the part of Ukraine. Of course. That they are, that the Russian government is responding and that they are trying to defend the separatists, right? Mm -hmm. um, sure. Eight year, by Tuesday morning, the breakfast news on state-run Channel One was announcing, quote-unquote, a historic moment. Eight years of fear have ended, the announcer declared, a reference to the residents of separatist-occupied eastern Ukraine who are being subjected to, quote-unquote, genocide by Ukrainian forces. No. <clears throat> Too soon to tell, though, according to the New York Times, how well that's selling to the Russian people. Not able to assess that. Um, apparently, none of the widespread jubilation that accompanied um, Putin's annexation of Crimea in 2014. So maybe people are responding a little differently. Um, but it is um, sobering to think how different news can be from one side of the globe to the other side of the globe sure. talking about the exact same instances. Hence, fake news, right? I guess that's the, the, epitome the, ac the actual epitome of fake yeah. news, right? Anyway, um, so I, I just want to recommend that article in today's Times. Number two, a federal jury, John, has found three white men guilty of committing a hate crime and other violations when they chased and killed Ahmad Arbery two years ago, determining that they were motivated by racial animus because he was black. The trial focused on a history of racist and offensive statements from the three men. I'm not going to name them, but you can find them in any publication. Um, Today's convictions, after just a couple hours of jury deliberations, represents a victory for the U.S. Department of Justice, which has avowed, according to today's Washington Post, to more aggressively prosecute hate crimes and for civil rights groups that have demanded greater accountability in racially motivated attacks against blacks and other minorities. Fabulous. I mean, they're serving life sentences anyway. Right. So I don't know how much difference it makes. But it's a statement on behalf of society. That's just it. It's a statement, is it not? Number it's a good statement. It is a good statement um, and a very, very, very sad situation. Um, number three, lighten things up a little bit. Uh, how good are you at chess? Uh, I can move, but that's about it. Christy? Horrible. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a new uh, chess grandmaster, really? uh, Indian teenage chess grandmaster, Ramesh Babu Pragnanen Ha, maybe. Won praise today for a stunning victory over world number one Magnus Carlsen in an online championship. He is only 16 Ooh, I love it. years old. See, that whole world fascinates it, me. It's fascinating to me, too. Yeah. And do you know that he became the youngest international master in history at age 10? No kidding. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Now they're playing computers, which is always like... Mm -hmm. um, it was 2.30 in the morning when he finished... Uh, the question was, what are you going to do to celebrate? He said, I think it's about time to go to bed, as I don't think I can have dinner at this point. <laughs> you win, you go to bed. All He's right. 16. That's a good boy. And number four, um, Kmart. Kmart? Big story in the Washington Enquirer about it today. Blue light special. Yep. Um, blazed to retail glory in 1960. Yeah. Um, however, they only have four remaining stores as of today. I'm surprised there's four. One is in 
Avenel. Uh, another is in northern New Jersey in Westwood. The others are on Long Island and in Miami. At one time or another, John Kmart operated about 40 stores in Philadelphia and its Pennsylvania and South Jersey suburbs. The last one closed in 2019. At its peak in the 1990s, Kmart operated 2,400 stores and employed 350,000 people in the U.S. and Canada. Members, of which I count myself as one of their former employees. Yeah, but it was like for a day because you were so bad. Not a day. No, no, I was yeah. there for months. Wait, were you bad? Months. No, I was a very congenial appliance salesman. I didn't know what I was selling. I didn't know anything about the appliances, but I had a good time, and I think my customers did as well. What happened at the end? I walked out. Mm-hmm. I was a kid in high school. What yeah. did I know? Mm-hmm. That's, That's your top four. For. All right. We'll take a quick break, and we do come back. Uh, translating your past. Finding meaning in family ancestry, genetic clues, and generational trauma. Michelle Van Loon with us straight away. It's the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, it's the church winter retreat to Camp Watanut, where Zoe has big hopes. This week is important to me. I wanted to know how I can make the most of it. But things take an unexpected turn in the snowy woods. <gasps> What? What? Did you cut yourself? Oh, no. Yes, a little. You'll need some warm gloves and your winter hat for the next Adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffitt forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found an unshakable educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where students experience an engaging, rock-solid Christian education at each of their three North Hills campuses, enabling them to thrive academically, spiritually, and socially. Schedule a personal tour today and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. The uh-ohs are out there scratches, dents, unexpected natural events. But with Mako and their magic, your car is no longer tragic. So when life throws you uh-ohs, just say, Better get Mako! And go to Mako.com to book your appointment today. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. 
Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Do you spend much time thinking about your past? We have these old family photos. Um, I had talked before on the air. In fact, it was one of the times I think our next guest, Michelle, was with us about my great-grandmother who uh, emigrated to uh, New Kensington from Poland. She came with her husband and their five children. And um, when she arrived, somewhere within the first two years, he took off and left. And she was there by herself, didn't speak the language, had all these little kids, and had to figure out how to survive. Yikes. So um, – she lived a long time, and so we have good photographs of her with my dad and my uncle. And so it seems like there's not all that much time between when she passed away and when I came along. But her legend has just lived on because she was able to support her five kids by making moonshine and running a bar. Um, and probably accumulating a lot of secrets of people who frequented those places um, throughout those decades. But so I have pictures of the bar. We have pictures of the kitchen of the bar. We have, you know, so looking back at those, that does seem like it. I never knew her, but it's somehow in a way that I don't really get. It means something to me. A lot because, of course, you love your dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He sat her knee and learned whatever he learned at her. So that's cool. That's part of you. Right. I love it. Michelle Van Loon is with us. She's a regular guest on our show. Today, her brand new book drops called Translating Your Past, Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, Genetic Clues and Generational Trauma. Michelle, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys for having me. And wow, isn't that a long subtitle? It is a lo- it is the longest subtitle I believe I've ever seen, but we're talking about history, Michelle, so it seems to make sense. The publisher came up with it, and it it has taken me a while to kind of get it in my head. I just don't have the same short-term memory that I once had. So the long-term memory, it took a while. I love that story about your very courageous and resourceful grandmother. Mm -hmm. Do you see kind of a through line between her story and your own experience? Well, I got to I got to be honest, I had never thought about that until you mentioned that several months ago, Michelle, because it's such a good question and I don't know if I can really assess it. All I know is that when I look at the pictures of her, I I just found some new ones in some of the uh, material that my dad left when he passed away and she is terrifying looking i mean she doesn't she doesn't smile in any pictures she's not there to be you know your best friend she looks like she's there to take prisoners but that just might have been the style of the day it might have been it might have been but but she had to be pretty tough to be able to navigate all that as a single as a as a woman on her own in a bar in a crowd of people and it's illegal to drink all that that's a lot of moxie it is it is a lot so michelle i don't know i guess i should ask you what how could someone I've never met impact me or tell me something about who I am? Well, here is the thing about our culture, I think. A lot of us kind of imagine that we just come into this world and um, the past is an option for some of us, especially if what we know of our our family history is um, – 
full of losses, full of estrangements, full of separations and feuds and and criminal activity or abuse. You know, a lot of people are like, let's just leave that whole mess alone. And um, I am here to say that part of our testimony as believers includes all of that. Mm. It includes your grandmother. Mm. You know, she's, she's a part of kind of what made you who you are, even if you never knew her. You know, I, I think the same thing. I have um, three out of four of my grandparents came to the United States at the turn of the last century from places, I don't know, you've probably never heard of, like, Ukraine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, places like that, um, what is now Poland, Belarus, um, that's, that is where all my relatives came from um, during the pogroms of the beginning of the last century when they were clearing out Jewish towns and cities like in Fiddler on the Roof. And I kind of grew up knowing this. But I didn't really think about how this has shaped me as a human being, as a follower of Jesus, all of those things. Those, that story is a part of what God chose to use to make me in his image for his glory right now, knowing that that was the ingredients that he was going to use. It's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it. I think of the genealogies um, in that are in Scripture, like the, the one at the beginning of Matthew, uh, which shows us that there are a lot of surprising people who were in Jesus' background. For people who've never maybe read that portion of the Gospels, they might be surprised to know that. Um, so, Michelle, kind of take us um, into that genealogy and tell us what that might – I don't know. What, what can we learn from that? Well, and to – to situate those genealogies, which a lot of times people kind of um, come skip, to skip over in their December Bible reading, you know, um, they'll, you know, you see at the beginning of, of Matthew and the beginning of Luke, you see these lists of names. And um, not all of them were sterling characters, not all of them were of the the people of Israel, there were outsiders, there were um, scoundrels. Um, one of the scoundrels was named King David. Um, just for an example, um, all of all of those stories are not disconnected either from our own. And um, to be able to kind of think about what is what has God done that's made me me. A lot of us are are resistant. Um, to going there, in, different from other cultures. There's other cultures in the world that if you meet somebody, they can tell you who their people are, and they can go back generations and generations. But here, you know, I'm, whether it's because we're worried about um, touching, you know, painful episodes of dysfunction, death has separated us. We aren't connected to our extended family in the same way, or, and sometimes even our family of origin. 
it's complex and maybe we just don't feel like we have the energy to look at those stories or it's confusing or we're just too busy. We think we're too busy, but the past is speaking and um, seeing all those genealogies that run through scripture all the way through the names that we're really tempted to zoom over myself included are there to let us know that God puts it all out there and wants us to be able to understand how we're connected. We don't necessarily have all the puzzle pieces, but um, it's, it's a compelling story to fit your story into the larger story of your family, your church, and your community. We're talking with Michelle Van Loon. Her brand new book drops today, Translating Your Past, Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, Genetic Clues, and Generational Trauma. So, Michelle, I think it's probably fair to say that there are two camps of people. Those people who, you know, love looking back and building a family tree or wanting to do a DNA test to look at the, you know, the the deeper family tree. And those who, like you just described, eh, it's too involved. uh, It's too scary, maybe. I don't think I'm going to like what I find. Um, it's best to just sort of leave those things. But whether you engage or not, there is something that's really important about your thread of your family, isn't it? I mean, you bring up the Gospels, of course. It's important it's in the Bible, so it should be important in our own lives. Absolutely. And, you know, we are having to tap into our past every time we show up in a doctor's office and they ask for medical history. Um, We are dealing with families, holidays can be loaded with either memory or sadness for people because, you know, there's all of that kind of carries into our present. There's a lot of different ways that the past speaks in our lives. It's amazing, actually, to me, when I think about the Bible's story and, um, for me, as I was beginning to explore these questions for myself, I was struck, and um, I've, I've shared this in many places, if God was going to do a good PR job, you know, if he went to public relations school now, all of the terrible stuff that's in the Bible would not be there. It would be right. spun into yeah. victorious, happily ever after kinds of stories. But he leaves all of that in there for us because we can see families that separate. We can see um, confusion. We can see wonderful heritage of faith that gets passed on despite, you know, maybe a a wayward father or a wayward great-grandfather, that God is in the redemption business and it's true in the story of scripture, and we're a part of that story. So so when I think about that story, Michelle, I think about... Your gram. Yeah, I think about my, it's my great-grandmother that we're talking about. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, so Ancestry.com, which has been such a big deal over the last five years, um, I have, have you, you haven't done that, John, no. have you? I haven't done it either. Michelle, have you done it? I did, and there were zero surprises. Really? <laughs> okay, I have to. I have to be honest. I re- I didn't do it for two reasons. One, 
is I was worried about like the, you know, giving up information about myself to like the general pool of right. human technology. It's your DNA. It's right. It just seems like that's as private as you can get. Yeah. And the other thing was I was kind of like you hear these stories about people that find out things that are crazy town. And I was like, I don't know if I want to inv- invite that's that into my yeah. life. Right, right, right. Well, I, I in the process of writing this book, I interviewed several people who had um, surprises, Surprise. mm. you know, ancestry DNA surprises, 23 and me surprises. Um, and I talked to a woman af- just after I finished the book, I wish I could have included her story, you know, of finding out at age 70, she was almost 70, that um, her father wasn't her father. And, um, you know, you have to kind of rearrange your life and your thinking. There's people that discover, you know, siblings or half siblings that exist or other relatives, things that are in that people a few generations ago would have been able to keep buried. But the truth is always our friend, even if it's hard. And even if it means kind of rearranging the way that you thought your life was, if it wasn't truthful, then it wasn't really reflecting kind of the full story of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it is it, like the <laughs> privacy concerns, uh, you know, just in case you decided to, I don't know, create it there, pull off a string of felonies. Right, right. Um, you know, that's where it gets dicey. And there are some realistic and wise concerns about how these consumer DNA companies are using those results. So for it just really depends on balancing your sense of risk versus reward. But there's lots of other ways to be able to think about your family. It can be as powerful as just looking at those pictures and trying to pull together a, a narrative about them and to ask questions about how those those people that you met and the people before them that you didn't met, how their choices shaped your experience, why you ended up there and not in Chicago or Pittsburgh or mm-hmm. L.A. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing, Kath has no taste for moonshine. I'll tell you that. <laughs> But if I and if I commit a felony, John said he'll bill me out. Right, I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Well, Michelle, it's a job well done. I mean, it is, and it's a, exciting to talk to you on the day that the book drops. Yeah, da, 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 da. very nice. That's terrific, Michelle Van Loon. The newest book, which is available today wherever you buy your books, translating your past, finding meaning in family ancestry, genetic clues, and generational trauma. Author Michelle Van Loon. Michelle, terrific to talk to you again, my friend. Thank yes. you so much. Take care. Yes, be well. Okay. Stay away from the moonshine. <laughs> what if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? What's true? Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. $140 
and a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online, preborn.org slash radio. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Junk your sleep during the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. Shop now and get a king bed for a queen price, plus a free adjustable base with purchase. Don't miss hot buys like beds starting at just $159.99, plus Tempur-Pedic savings. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Blood watch is in effect through Wednesday morning. For tonight, it will be overcast with a little rain this evening, followed by a passing late-night shower. We'll see a low of 41. Breezy tomorrow morning, otherwise low clouds, maybe some sunshine. will reach a high of 42. For Thursday, cloudy skies, a bit of snow and rain at times in the afternoon with little to no accumulation. We'll see a high Thursday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. What do you regret? Regret. It's a terrible word. I hate it so much. It's a weighty word. Uh, We saw something um, about the World Regret Survey. Somebody, you know, wrote a a piece about regret. And uh, so as the web is able to do, uh, you take this survey, and really it's not a survey. Basically, the question is, what do you regret? And if you're honest, they've got all these listings, you know, and it's anonymous, I don't think you even have to put an email in, do you? You don't have to put an email in. Yeah. You can if you want to be contacted oh, because right. a man by the name of Daniel Pink is doing a uh, a book on regrets. It's already out. Oh, well. It's, there's a website about so you can read other people's regrets. You can, but I believe he's doing another regret follow-up. I think so. Oh. I think so. Which, or Otherwise, why would he still be allowing people to register? Like you didn't get enough regret in part okay. one. 
I mean, <laughs> you always want to add on to the regret I mean, if you can. Can okay. we stop? Okay, but the, so the survey that John and I found is just a very simple thing where you just list. It says, "Hey, what's your biggest regret?" And then it asks you how old you are, what state you live in, blah blah blah. It's, it's very very basic. Yeah. But what's really amazing is when you're done with it. You can click on any state in the union or around the world or around the world and see what people have, who has responded to the survey right. and what they say their regrets are. Yeah. It'll say female, uh, age 29. And so here's just a, an example. But what state are you in? Uh, Pennsylvania. Not the state. It just says the state. I regret not being a better wife to my husband. He suffered from severe depression and, and anxiety, which caused him to turn to alcohol as a coping skill during the pandemic. I was his only direct support, and I let the pressure get to me, which put a wedge between us. He died from alcoholic hepatitis, and I always wish that I could have managed my own stress better so that I could have helped him more. Mm. I know in my head that I did the best I could at the time, but with the outcome, I can't help but wish things had been different. I truly do regret this. Wow. I clicked on Alaska. There's a 58-year-old male who said, my biggest regret is not being more whole myself before committing to a long-term relationship. Hmm. So I I guess, you know, as a warning sign for some people, I mean, you know, it wouldn't be like, you know, something you'd sit around the dinner table and talk to your kids about, would you? Well, I don't know. So I, maybe that's why this, this website grabbed my attention so much, is that people are being very vulnerable in an anonymous way. No names are right. listed. All they have is no their, their, their gender and their age, and they list what state they live in. But what they're saying is really substantive. Like this woman, she's a 64 years old female from Wyoming. She said, my biggest regret is not trusting my own initial reaction or visceral responses more often. That first blink is usually pretty accurate. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's pretty healthy. Yeah. Huh. I think most of them are healthy. Well, because you've got time to reflect and if you're honest with yourself, right, you see those things and... I mean, everybody, if you're alive long enough, everybody's got regrets. I just think there's, you know, there's no two ways around it. I, I could have, should have, wish I had done better, I, what I failed to do, all those things. So do you think there is a power in naming the regret? Like to saying, is there, is there a power in doing this? First of all, you did, you did the survey. Yes. I, I did, did the, the survey. survey. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Any, I believe any self-reflection is, is worthwhile. I mean, but it has to go somewhere. It's one thing to name it. Then what do you do with it? That's why I believe that therapy in some ways is... So essential. Yeah. Somebody calling. Uh, you want to go to the phones? Yeah, sure. We want to go to the phones. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. All right. So we have a caller. Okay. So I guess the say. question is, if you have a regret, I mean... I, you can say what it is. You don't have to give your name. Anonymously. Anonymously. You can say what your regret is. And Unless you're Frank Sinatra, because he did it, he did it his way. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. I guess the question is, what do you regret? Uh, someone's already here. Uh, Eric, hey, thanks for joining us. Hey. Um, yeah. So, uh, what's your regret? Tell us. Yeah, it was spontaneous reactions um, down through my life that I failed. I feel like I failed so many times just when I, I, I could have made it, you know, a, a loving response. And 
I just wish that I could have done so much better. Wait, so Eric, are you, you're saying what Kath just said about somebody said you would have rather have followed your gut instead? I, I acted because I was hurt. So you you feel like you res, you responded up. you responded viscerally to things, and you wish that you would have hung back and thought about it more. Well, I wish I could have done better for God, you know. But you know, I'm 56 now, so uh, and instead of being six years old, I I remember so much, and it hurts sometimes. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I wish it's like God, please forgive me and love those people yeah. when I wasn't there. To be part of that, yeah. Yeah, Eric, thanks for your phone call. That's, okay. that's very honest. It's very honest, and what he said about waking up in the middle of the night is what got us, you and I, talking about this in the first place. Right, yeah. Right? It came up on the show last week. I think, you know, both of us had a, a weird sleepless night, mm-hmm. right? I mean, 3 o'clock in the morning, this is pretty common. Eric, thanks a lot for that. Uh, if you, uh, you want to join in, look, we're not trying to be therapists here by any stretch of the imagination. Right. You don't want me as your therapist, I'll tell you that. Uh, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. I guess that when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you lose those filters. Yeah, and so all the things that distract you during the day aren't there. There's no, and there's no sound. And so you're alone with your thoughts. Which we choose to stay away from most of the day, right? Whether through the phone, through busyness, mm-hmm. through TV, alcohol, drugs, television, what? Pornography. We, right. We rarely spend time in our thoughts marinating in the good and the bad. So oftentimes the bad come to the surface in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and a lot of there's a lot of conversation about regret. So there was a, after we had this conversation My on- confession's so good. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I need to confess. Uh, last week at, when we were talking about this on the air, uh, one of our listeners contacted you and said that regret is the thing that comes to him at three in the morning. I described it and he was like, oh yeah, that's exactly me too. We're, we're very similar. I think it's a common thread, right? That regret happens to us in those quiet moments and- and like, like our caller Eric there. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 56 or, or 106 or, or 20. Right. Yeah. Everybody carries these things. I guess you know the wisdom is to try to minimize that by learning from your mistakes and trying to make good on the regrets if you still can. And there has to be an essential element of accepting the forgiveness of God in it. Yeah, that's you heard that in Eric's voice. Yeah. That, you know, I, I need God to forgive me. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. What are your regrets? Do you want to name them? You don't have to give your name. No, please not But if you want to say them out loud, we would love to hear it so we can be a source of mutual encouragement to one another. (laughs) 101.5-WORD. Ever wonder why God lets so-called religious people profit off of godly things? This week on Through the Bible, we're in the book of Numbers, looking at the life and shenanigans of Balaam, or as Dr. McGee called him, the prophet for profit. How can we discern the motives of people who say they speak for God? 
Well, tune in and find out. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now. And they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. I just, I don't. Here we go. All right. (laughs) Okay, I've been thinking about my regrets. (laughs) How much time do we have? I mean, you know, I mean, I remember my dad, you know, my dad was dying and I said to him, What do you regret? And he was like, Oh, I regret never having a new car. I was like, That's pretty good, dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had seven kids. I mean, you know, busted his hump. And, you know, he regretted not having the new car smell. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I, I don't know. You didn't dig down too deep, I don't think. <laughs> Don. <laughs> Donald. Anyway, uh, here's what I regret. I, one, I mean, one of my regrets, my my college roommate and I moved to New York and he was my New York roommate. When I left New York, he le- we kind of left around the same time. And he got married and moved to Jersey. I came back to Pittsburgh and we, you know, we loved each other, but he got mad. He said to me one time, you don't, you don't hold up your part of the relationship is I'm the one here that, you know, it's sort of like, you know, moving things along. He goes, so I'm done. So if you don't, you know, you don't want to be part of this, then I'm done. And he walked away Hmm. and I didn't, I would, Hey, come on, man. You know, 
and he was gone. And then, like a few years later, I was like, I, I you know, I still found had his contact information. I was like, I know you're coming back to town. Let's meet. So we did, and he was unhappy, and he was like, okay, well, we don't have much to say now. And I, you know, I met his kids, he met mine, but he was mad, and I regret. That. He was still mad. He was mad. And I regret that. I regret that I, you know, let that relationship turn the way it turned, and I didn't mean mm-hmm. to. But it, there, there it is. I regret that I lost that friendship. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. Just one of many, yeah. and it's changed me because I think about. I, sp- I had a lot of experiences with this guy. He was seminal in my life. What do you regret? What do you, you know? What is that? Let's go back to the phones. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know who this is. What's your name? You can just you can just call me Martin. That's okay, not Martin. my real name. Hey, Martin. What's your regret? <laughs> um, listen, I call in. Uh, I don't think anybody will recognize my voice. I don't call in that frequently. But, man, you got me thinking here. Uh, and I'm nervous just talking about this, and nobody even knows who I am. Uh, about a, a few years ago, I've been married for 27 years, uh, happily married. But a few years ago, I hit a big birthday, and my mother died three days later. Mm-hmm. And I'm a minister, and I did her funeral the day before Mother's Day. Mm. And uh, I was in a very vulnerable time in my life, and I I fell into an emotional affair with a woman who I'd met through a conference that I went to. And it lasted for about six months before my wife, uh, uh, this woman, texted me at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and my phone went off. Mm. And... uh, I never even, I'd only seen this woman once. It was all an emotional thing that was going on through text messages and phone calls. And I regret it to this day, the pain that I caused my beautiful wife. Mm. Uh, I just feel horrible even right now. I just want to break down and cry thinking about the pain that I caused her. Mm. And I mean, there's a happy ending in this that I I told her at the time that this is either going to break us or it's going to make us better. And thank God she is a strong Christian woman, and it took her a little while, but I believe the forgiveness is complete. And we have grown quite a bit in the last few years, and our marriage is stronger than ever. But even though that was the outcome, I still regret all that pain that I caused her. She is the most beautiful person I've ever met in my life inside and out. And uh, I still regret that. And and I just want you to know that you two and your show helped me through that. Um, I listened to you on the way home from work uh, just about every day, at least a part of your show and some of the guests that you had on and then some of the other programs that I listened on, on word FM, uh, you know, just, and I, and I, and I did share this with a, a couple close friends and had them praying for me and praying for us. And, uh, um, but yeah, my church doesn't know about it or anything like that. And my, my wife hasn't brought it up in a couple of years now and we, we don't talk about it, but, uh, Anyway, that was a huge regret. When you cause somebody that you love more than anything, when, you, when you're the cause of that pain yep. in their life and you know they did nothing to deserve it, um, it's really tough. And that's my big regret. Martin, thanks a lot. That's fabulous. I really appreciate the honesty. Yeah, I do It's too. a great story. The good news is there is good news at the end of it all, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but God bless you for that, really, truly. Uh, I appreciate you being so vulnerable to share that.
That's the thing about regret is that it shows something that we don't like about us. Yeah. You can't run from. You can't. No. 800-320-8255. What do you regret? Let's go back and speak with Alan. Hey, Alan, thanks for your courage. What do you got? Hey, thank, thank you, John and Kathy. I love your show. I listen thanks, to you Alan. guys as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm uh, 61 now, and I got saved in 1990. I was about 30. And uh, through a sponsor and a 12-step program. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome. And this guy, I never met you know anybody like this uh, man in my life. Uh, he just kind of, I followed him around like a puppy dog for years. And uh, we... <laughs> We, he showed me so much about another way of life, you know. Yeah. I was living such a self-centered life. It was all about me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he showed me how to serve other people and help other men, you know, in their sobriety. And uh, uh, we were close for a while. Then I kind of lost track of him for a while. And I, then he passed away at the age of 70. I wish I would have spent more time with him than I did, mm. which is a common pattern in my life, you know, right. spending more time with people. Then all of a sudden they're gone. You didn't expect it, you know. Right. They went to the hospital and they passed to something happened and uh, they're gone. But I do cherish uh, the memory mm-hmm. and I'm very thankful that the Lord, you know, put him in my life. But the opportunity and, is uh, gone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and the other thing is just uh, I wish I would have served the Lord more. I fell away for a while, went into the world, you know, again, and I could have done so much more in the kingdom of God, you know. Yeah. And, uh when I was a young man, I had a, uh, we had a band, and we were writing songs and everything, you know, and playing, and, and you know, when you're 20 years old, you're not taking things as seriously as you probably should, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think we could have done, done, done so much more with writing and writing songs and uh-huh. pushing a little harder creatively, you know, right, the right. creative part of me. I get the but, same thing. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I mean, so missed opportunities, whether in relationship or creativity. I mean, there's yeah, a reason to regret yeah. that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. That was a good phone call as well. It but, really was. Thanks, Alan. I mean, there is forgiveness. There, let, 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 me, there is let, me just, let me just read this to wrap this up. Okay, okay. good. Yeah. Um, this is First John 1. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, listen to this, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. What is it? What's the verse? First John 1, starting... We'll take a break, step back, the Tuesday edition, which really feels like the Monday edition, here on The Ride Home. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. 
Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing It Right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable. Offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. What is a neighbor? This is Greg Trzynski at the Original Mattress Factory. We believe a neighbor is more than just someone who lives nearby. A good neighbor treats you with honesty and respect and works with you to build a better community. At OMF, you can expect to be treated like a neighbor. We offer our locally made, hand-built mattresses and box springs at a factory direct value because we know you deserve the best. Visit an OMF location today to experience the original mattress factory difference for yourself. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Water stains on the shower glass. Try rubbing some shaving cream on them. Tyler's Clean crew knows every housekeeping trick in the book handling timesheets now but they need a proper bookkeeper to keep finances tidy new equipment is a business expense right indeed can help them hire great people fast i need indeed indeed you do instant match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on indeed match your sponsored job description visit indeed.com slash credit and get 75 dollars towards your first sponsored job terms and conditions apply I can't tell you the last time I went to the mall. The mall. Remember, look, I told the story before. I was a, a junior in high school. <laughs> this tells you about my educational prospects. I was a junior in high school walking home with my uh, high school girlfriend when the wind gust threw a $20 bill in front of me. And I grabbed it and I picked it up and I said to her, we're skipping school tomorrow and we're going to the mall. And we were like, yeah, we're going to the mall with my 20 bucks. That's so awesome. Okay. So I'm at oh the mall gosh. with, you know, skipping school. Who did I run into? My sister. She's like, she starts laughing. She's like, does mom know? I'm like, no. She goes, well, I wouldn't tell her. Oh, thank goodness. But I mean, 20 bucks in the mall in the 70s. I thought it was like a wealthy guy. Sure. What'd you spend it on? Do you remember? Lunch. I took her to lunch at the mall. Sure, okay. You know? But how about your favorite mall stores? I mean, like when I was little, you mean? Well, look, I'm, I'm saying when I you need to go back to the 70s. The mall was everything. Mm-hmm. It was this magical fantasy land. I mean, it was also super hip. It was big community. Everybody hung out there. Friday nights at the mall were like C and B scene. Okay, all right. So Northway Mall. Yeah, I went to Monroeville okay. Mall. Northway Mall. Um, 
Uh, G.C. Murphy's. Favorite store. G.C. Murphy's. Oh, yeah. National Record Mart. Yep. The Marianne Shop. The Ma- What's that? What's the Marianne Shop was like junior girls' clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah, And sure. I was like in like third grade or something. And right. so I thought if I was a junior and could shop at the Marianne so Shop, like, that would be so excellent. Yeah. Spencer Gifts? Well, that was the, you knew that there was like oh. weird stuff happening in there, but you, but I wasn't, I was, you're not old enough to understand what it is. What the heck was going on inside Spencer Gifts? Uh-huh. It was really weird. Some of it was kind of like downright dirty. And oh, it want, was, but you, oh, but, my you goodness. but when you're in second grade, you you can't figure out what dirty means. How about the black lights they had in Spencer? I was like, <laughs> I'm a hippie. I'm inside Spencer Gifts. Look, I'm a hippie. How about, uh, well, KB Toys or the old Kaufman's? Horns. Oh. Orange Julius. Orange Julius. K- Kenny Shoe Store. The mall. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. SRN News. I'm John Scott. President Biden scheduled to give an update on the Russia-Ukraine crisis in the coming hour. White House correspondent Greg Clugston with a preview. The president's East Room remarks were added to his schedule following Russian troop deployments in eastern Ukraine. The White House now refers to those troop movements as an invasion. That's a red line President Biden has said would result in the U.S. levying sanctions against Moscow. He has warned Russia's Vladimir Putin that invading Ukraine would be a gigantic mistake and would result in severe consequences from the West. Greg Clugston. Washington. Consumer confidence declined modestly this month, but remains high. The conference board said its consumer confidence index ticked down to 110.5 in February. That's from 111.1 in January. Stocks remain lower now. The Dow is down 434. I'm Andy. There are some decisions in life that just flat out determine whether the day will be good or bad. And one of those Mount Everest decisions for me is which ice cream to choose. How is a mere human able to walk into a tasty ice cream shop and choose from seven perfect options? It's Ryan. And the reality is, deciding how to manage your mortgage is kind of similar. I had two radio listeners last month say, I've been wanting to know all the details of what a refinance or cash out refinance would look like for me, but I was embarrassed to ask and didn't want to feel pressured if I did. To which I say, we are a place that happily lets you taste test all the flavors. Guilt-free, no pressure, no judgment and no follow-up unless you ask. It's very normal for us to provide what multiple refinance or cash-out options would exactly look like and then let you decide, or even just walk out completely after the taste test. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old-timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of springhouse. Our springhouse is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the springhouse in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake. 
an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Blood Watch is in effect through Wednesday morning. For tonight, it will be overcast with a little rain this evening, followed by a passing late-night shower. We'll see a low of 41. Breezy tomorrow morning, otherwise low clouds, maybe some sunshine. will reach a high of 42. For Thursday, cloudy skies, a bit of snow and rain at times in the afternoon with little to no accumulation. We'll see a high Thursday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmett. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along the 5 o'clock hour. We had yesterday off. I think people had, a lot of people had yesterday off. It was great. A three, who doesn't love a three-day I weekend? I just, I can't. Can you believe a three-day weekend? People live like that, like, right? Is it Europe? Do they have a three-day weekend? Also? No. But they have a lot more vacation time. Who's got a three-day weekend? Wouldn't that be nice if you could, like, you know, just negotiate that? Into your salary? Yeah. Into your contract? I'll see you Tuesday. I'll see you every Tuesday, but never a Monday. Every Tuesday. Now you get lazy. Probably you get, just get lazy. Okay, so speaking of lazy, yeah. or maybe it's not, maybe it's cautious, maybe it's not lazy. I don't know what you're going to label it, but an article that I read Saturday morning when I was doing my news perusal mm-hmm. uh, in the New York Post. Uh, Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman it says, ruffled feathers when he slammed employees last summer for going to restaurants, even as they didn't go to the office. If you can go into a restaurant in New York City, you can come to the office, he said. But his frustrations that workers are going out to eat and not going into the office appear to remain justified even nine months later, according to the latest figures. Data from Open Table shows that over the last week, demand for restaurants was nearly 75% of pre-pandemic levels in New York City. But desks are only 28.6% full when compared to their pre-pandemic levels. Well, I think people are just not going back. I think it's changed forever the way that people go to work, don't you? I mean, if you had the choice, if you were an office worker and you didn't necessarily have, like, but we were gone for a long time. Over a year. A long time. That's a long time. And it took us a while to sort of switch gears to go. Oh, yeah. Okay, it was I'm scary. going back. It was remember, just- remember, we went out for lunch. 
Remember with a group of our friends the day before we were coming back. We could like we couldn't eat, Christy. We were so nervous. It's like we never had like Which done is radio crazy, before. Because we I mean I've been here twenty five years almost. And that was like I'm going back in. And I'm glad we went. It hey, seemed oh, like Aren't you glad? A high mountain to scale. I know. Like it was filled with, you know, social and political angst. It was, yeah, sure. And a lot of performance angst. Like, can I still do that there? No. Yes. Really? You felt that? Yes, of course. Can I still do that there? We did Be- it from home. Right, but you just get used to doing it there. That wasn't a big You never thought about that. No, I was happy to see you face to face, quite yeah, honestly, right, because we sure. were doing this like on the Zoom thing, and it was, yeah. like, it was weird. It was mm-hmm. like the Wizard of Oz. For so long. Yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah. Well, like looking back on it was the best thing we ever did without a doubt was to come back i mean for oh my can you imagine but it's good for us that we have experienced both things we remember the angst of being nervous about coming back and we've experienced how great it is to be back to be back but there are a lot of people who don't i mean look if you just you were an office worker the idea of you have to wake up, get, you know, get a shower, get dressed, pack a lunch or you know, drive into work what just to sit in your cubicle when right. you could do the same thing in your spare room your living yeah. room i mean i get that 110 percent. so it, okay, it, but, it's okay but change. Let, let me introduce the story of a friend of mine though um who she's married um she has three children at home and she would like to go back to work but her company has determined that she's never going back never to work. going back never going back but her house that she lives in with her three kids and her husband is so small that there's no space. She doesn't have the an luxury of having an office space or being room. able to convert a spare room right, like you right, and I right, both right, did right, in our right, individual right. homes. She can't do that. So she's been working out of the corner of her dining room now for you know two years. She's losing her mind, John. She is losing her mind. So it's not a great situation for everybody. And I wonder – I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I wonder – if a lot of people would be happier if they went back but are afraid to make the leap. Yes. Because I know I was. On our own experiences, I would say, yes, that's true. But work, you know, for a lot of people, it's just not going to be mandated anymore. It's just not part of it. And especially, I think, the younger you are, right, less and less will be invested in commercial real estate to come into the office. However, you do miss, like, like I've got a nephew who works for Nike. The idea of camaraderie, creativity, yes. uh, yeah, the, being know, in a shared, throwing yep. things back and yep. forth in that tight space and having to work through systems. And it happens here, right? The nature of the ball moving and, you know, there's that mix. But if it was like an accounting firm where there was, you know, pretty much black and white, I would imagine even lawyers have to be in the same space. I mean, all those things. I just feel like there's something that we don't like, but something that's good for us about well, who, having to get dressed, having to do our thing, having to go out of the house. That All those things are annoying, but, but ultimately healthy. I'm not sure. You I'm don't not think? S- no. Okay, I, Christy, did you work from home? I did for like a year and a half before I got this job. Tell me. I loved it. I miss it. Do you? I do. Okay, talk to us about why. But don't you miss the social? I did miss the social, but I miss I miss the freedom that I had when I was working from home. I could take Milo to the vet at 10 in the morning. Your dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then make up that time. Later on in the day. It yep. didn't matter. Yep. Because the work was the work. Yes. 
The flexibility is really great. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're I here agree. now. I am here now. Oh, you are here now, lady. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> and we make it worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe. You get on that parkway every day and you follow us because we're, <laughs> we're on the parkway. Listen, the good news is the parkway is not nearly as bad as it was. No, it's true. Right? And Unless the, you're in the squirrel tunnel and some guy runs into you okay, and okay, crushes what your ab- car. Okay, so what about where it started with the restaurants? Are you guys eating out? Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you have any no. worries about no. that? None whatsoever. No. And when you do eat out, are the places full? Pretty much. Yes. I, I mean, I don't... Yes, but like, I feel like there's still restrictions, right? There's still like, you're not sitting next to the, somebody in the next table. No, that's not true. For like, you? I, yeah. yeah. Well, I too- was. We went out on last Tuesday night and we were... There was someone at the booth right next to us. You that, and I went out with our families. Yes, we did. We, the place was packed. It was totally packed. It was. It was. Last, there was no pandemic that ever existed. That in was this universe. Two, That was not this past weekend, but the weekend before. We were in Oakland, and the place was packed. Nobody's wearing a mask. We're like let's live in our lives, which I loved. It felt like, oh, this is normal. Okay, so do you think there's something weird about the fact that everybody's going? Like this guy, uh, who? What's his name? Uh, Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman. He's making you, a point. He makes a really good point. Right. So the point is, if you can go out to eat on a 100%. Saturday and be maskless with a bunch of other people in Oakland, then you can go back to work. I agree. I think that's true. They're just airing super side of caution, right? Okay, so someone gets called back and then they go, but then the whole thing blows up and then you got to start over again. So better just to wait, 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 wait. It does surprise me it's been so long. We came back when? June? Mm-hmm. So we've been back a while. I don't know. Yeah, if you're going to go out to dinner and hang out or go to a sporting event or go to the movies, then why wouldn't you go to the office? Seriously. It just makes sense. And I do believe, for the most part, it's better for everybody. It's just better to have your work life and your home life. Yeah. I th- yeah. Don't you, didn't you feel that way, Christy? You didn't, it didn't bother you that there was no work-life severance? Divider. As, no, it didn't okay. bother me. Huh. That did wear on me. Yeah, me too. It, Although I, I, I did not miss being in rush hour. Of course. Well, t- nobody misses that. And I, I spent the whole pandemic with my dog at my feet. Right, which so was So the show was over sweet. and I was like, oh, the show's over. And I get to pet the dog mm-hmm. and, instead of getting in my car and driving to the parkway. Yeah, the commute, of course, is something that you know, you'd want to right. give up. And there was a day or two that I missed the shower. You know. <laughs> at least you're honest. I was, you know, a day or two. Well, For me, I mean, Kath. No, I Kath, take a shower every day. She gets all dolled up. Me, I just Every slick day. my wet old hair back and I'm good to go. Hey, there's my face. Okay. I don't know. I just think it's better. I really do. I, uh, if you're out there and you are considering going back to work, I would say go for it. I think for some people, it's not even a question of whether they yeah, have a choice. I'm sure a lot of people don't required. have a choice. I was talking about my – or my friend who's required never to come back. Never and, come back. And she's thinking, please, someone – like. Increase, rescue me. Rescue me. Get <laughs> right. me out of this house. Right, right. Anyway, we'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, next Tuesday is Fat Tuesday. Wow. Which means Already. next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, which is on the church calendar, the start of Lent. Pastor Jay Slocum will join us to talk about Lent. Do we need Lent? 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Marriage should not be a duel. It should be a duet. Why did God make us so different that he might make us one? Not just to sing in unity, but to sing in harmony. That's the music of marriage. God made them in the beginning, 
male and female. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, The Music of Marriage, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Who doesn't love a good deal? What if you could confidently know that you're getting the best deal on a mattress on any given day? Not just during one of those today-only sales. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have something better than a sale. A fair, factory-direct price on excellent quality products for everyone, every day. So you can take your time and buy when you're ready. When you're looking for the best mattress at a great value, come to the Original Mattress Factory first. OriginalMattress.com Entries due February 26th. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Hey, America, you could win $5,000 a week forever from Publishers Clearinghouse. You heard me right. You could now win $5,000 a week paid to you every week for your whole life. Then after that, someone you choose gets five grand a week for their life. But you have to go to PCH.com before it's too late. There's just days left to enter to win, so go to PCH.com right now. You can't win if you don't enter. It's $5,000 a week forever. Go to PCH.com right now. That's pch.com. If you're a lover of the church calendar, and if you're if you're not, why shouldn't you be? Church calendar, I never grew up with. What? It was it meant nothing to me. And it then didn't. no. How can no, that be? there was no because I, I think in a lot of like mainstream Protestants they don't circles, follow a church calendar. I'm not saying they don't now. I don't know now, but I just know that when I was growing up, I think that that was that was more that was kind of viewed as a Catholic thing. Huh. Like Lent meant no, we did nothing, nothing different in Lent. We never talked about it. It was never anything. Really? No. And I was in by. church every single Sunday growing up. It was never anything. What about Holy Week? Did Holy there, was Week it? was different oh, because we'd have a Monday Thursday service. Up. Yeah, we'd have a Monday Thursday. We'd have hey. good. Good Friday service, but there, but like Lent and Advent, those two things really? meant nothing. You miss the entirety of Lent, and yep. all of a sudden Monday Thursday shows up, uh-huh. and you go clicking into your gear for Easter. Here yep. it comes. Yep, that doesn't make any sense. Well, things have changed, mm-hmm. have they not? Pastor Jay Slocum is with us. Uh, Jay joins us as a priest in the Anglican tradition here to talk about Lent. Hey, Jay, welcome back. John and Kathy, thanks for having me with you. 
So now that I um, am older and have been exposed to a lot more things, Jay, I realize how much I missed when I was a kid not having the church calendar um, as part of my life. Um, being an Anglican priest, this is I'm, this is like your bread and butter. Um, talk about why it's important. Yeah, so, you know, the question that I pose is, is Lent necessary? And I would say no, it, depending, right? If, is, the, if it's, is Lent necessary for salvation? No. no. I mean, it's necessary for salvation is that you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that he rose from the dead and ascended and paid for your sins, and that you're a son or daughter of him through grace, and that you believe in him by faith. But if we ask the question, is that a necessity for your discipleship or your sanctification, it might become more serious. And so, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Kathy, you grew up in the church. I didn't grow up in the church. You know, Sundays for me were about WWF wrestling and, and Sunday morning cartoons. Um, so I didn't even get, you know, Monday Thursday uh, growing up. After I became a Christian and then became an Anglican and then started participating in Lent, I realized, um, although it wasn't a necessity for salvation, it was really a necessity for me if I was going to be somebody who really was able to celebrate Easter in a profound way. Yes, yeah. So I would say Lent is really, really important. And uh, a couple of parallels. You know, I, I know both of you personally, so I know you have not yet married off your firstborn. Mm-mm, no. Um, but when that does come, what's going to be necessary for you to get that done? Well, what's going to be necessary is you're going to need uh, either a justice of the peace or a pastor. You're going to need a marriage license, and you're going to need the bride and groom. That's it. That's necessary. You can get it done with just that. Yeah. But once you have your, you know, your precious child um, who you want to, you know, have, see have a beautiful life, what becomes important is the venue, uh, the 10 grand most likely you're going to spend, <laughs> uh, who the guests are, what the menu is going to be, what kind of flowers you're going to get arranged. I spent, you know, a summer, two summers ago building, you know, table uh, arrangements for my daughter's wedding and... Nice. You know, what was important was how much did we invest in getting ready for that day? And to the degree that you invested in that celebration, you reap the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. So I would say for folks that just show up on Easter Day, um, they're not reaping a lot of benefit. The preparation that you put into preparing for that incredible celebration on Easter Day um, will merit the kind of joy that you get. And that's what Lent's really about. Right. Well, that's really good, Jay. That's a, that's a great roadmap that you've laid out. So then talk about that preparation, because like you said, you know, you didn't grow up in the church, you became an Anglican priest, and so now you're not only going through it, you're also helping to guide others through the process as well. And it's my belief, I believe that Lent is the most important season in the church. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's even more important than Advent in many ways, because, I mean, at the end of it all, there's Jesus who rose from the dead after being crucified, and to invest in that journey is so deep and so thick and so rich. There's so much... There's just so much richness, theological richness. And there's, you know, music and art that goes along with it as well. 
So what is it that you're doing as you guide your parishioners along, your family along mm-hmm. through this season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say Lent is an important corporate reality that yields massive individual change. Hmm. So it's an important corporate reality that yields massive individual change. So think about this. Millions of Christians across the world are taking 40 days prior to the resurrection of Jesus to take seriously those things that are impediments to their ability to be able to fully love him and others. When you take that seriously, you actually get something that you could never get on your own, which yields massive individual change. I, I didn't, I didn't really take it seriously until I was four years into being an Anglican in 1996. I wasn't yet a priest, but my wife and I decided to take Lent seriously. And in 1996, we gave up television for Lent. For her, it wasn't that big of a deal. She grew up for the first 12 years of her life without a television. I grew up, you know, watching the Vietnam War at dinner time. I was, you know, I came home to days of our lives and was nursed, you know, to bed by Saturday Night Live. So yeah, yeah. it was a big deal to me. When I gave up television, I, I believe that it was a spiritual fasting that allowed me to break free from the chains of addiction that television was bringing into my life. Mm-hmm. And it made me a much deeper and much more significant Christian by allowing God to work in my life by having me give something up that was really keeping me from having a really solid and deep relationship with Jesus. So then, Jay, over those six weeks, that year that you gave up television, was it important in some way in that you were tested, that you felt the temptation, and you had to battle that temptation? Well, I think that I had tried to give up television multiple times, but I think the reality that I was buffered by millions of other Christians also engaged in that kind of activity gave me the spiritual strength to actually go through with it. And I'm, you know, I don't know what it is, 96, it's 20, more than 25 years later, I'm still not a TV watcher. Really? That ultimately changed you so deeply. It really did. In 2010, my bishop challenged me to wear a collar during Lent because I'm such a cowboy as an Anglican priest, and I never wore a collar. And I'm, that, when I got, when Lent got finished, I said, okay, Lord, we're done. Thank you for that experiment. And he said, no, no, we're good. You can continue to wear the collar. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I say that Lent is an is a important corporate reality that yields massive individual change. You, it, really, it really is something, you know, people talk about, you know, if you watch Elf, you know, you, you can you can start toying around with the spirit of Christmas and how, you know, when we, when we have all have Christmas cheer, you know, things get better. Uh, I mean, there really is something about when an entire group of people does something in unison, it has a corporate power. It has a power stronger than the individual. Mm. And I think if, if you can believe that on a secular level, you should pretty much be able to believe that on a supernatural level that, um, the fact that millions of Christians are binding together in unity to tackle things 
is bringing upon them something that they could not otherwise do themselves. I know that's hard for in, highly individualistic people to believe in, in Western culture in America, but I think it has a really powerful, uh, it's a powerful reality. Yeah. Well, that just accepting the fact that there is a communal element might be a step forward for someone in, in Lent. Because we are so yeah. on our own. Um, before you came on the air, we were talking about how only, uh, according to the New York Post on Saturday, only 28.6% of workers are back in the office in New York City after COVID. Wow. 28, wow. 28.6. And uh, we were just talking about how what our experience was, Jay, working from home um, and how scary it was for me to go back to work. And we, we had a lot of anxieties about it for all sorts of different reasons. Um, and everybody, every person is different. But getting over that hump, getting back to the office, coming back, which just was really significant for me. And John said the same thing for him. Um, and so it, it's just – and you become immersed in your own thing when you're on your mm-hmm. own, right? Even though John and yeah. I were on Zoom today doing the show every single day, uh, Monday through Friday, it wasn't the same. It, would, it didn't seem as communal. And so I wonder if maybe just being forced into recognizing that would make a difference for a lot of people in this Lent. Well, it really would. You know, if you crash a wedding, um, it's not the same experience as if you're in the wedding party or if you are a person who is, you know, planning it or you're a part of, making uh, of executing i go back to that wedding example i mean the degree to which you have skin in the game really will determine the amount of joy you get when game day comes so to speak and and that's sort of metaphorical but i think it has a, a lot of power you know if you if you are just kind of on your own and you're you don't have a lot of skin in the game and you're just doing whatever you want and you don't have other people to rub against, it's going to make a big difference. Right. Okay, so Jay, uh, when you were coming in, I said a week from today is Fat Tuesday, which of course, you know, Mardi Gras, the celebration, and that means that next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So uh, as you think about this, obviously, you know, your subject here, you're thinking about, you know, um, is it really necessary? Is Lent really necessary? So what are you thinking about as you pray and think for next week? Have you decided something, planned something? Do you have, you know, a community around you that you all do something together? Are there resources that you're using? What does that look like from your perspective? Yeah, so um, we, you know, my wife and I my, and my kids had dinner last night, and, and I actually said, hey, I'm going to be on the radio. What do you think we should talk about? What, what, what should I talk about? And they said, you should talk about Lent, Dad. You've been talking about it a lot. And uh, one of the things I've been kind of helping my family to understand and discipling them in is the idea that um, we have a lot of idols that really dominate us. And an idol is an inordinate desire uh, that we have towards an object or a person or a thing that we love that really isn't bad most of the time, but it can edge out God in our lives. So I like to encourage people to either take off something or put on something during the Lenten season that is an idol. And that could be uh, our screens, it could be our diet, it could be our habits, it could be our perfectionism, it could be our lack of habits. It, you know, I'm a pretty, I'm a very 
passionate sort of free market guy. I'm just, I'm out there. So for me, following particular routines um, is very difficult and it tends to help me to curb a lot of the stuff that causes me to be uh, a cowboy. And that's really good for me. Um, For some of my family members, it's just the opposite. They have to give up some of their perfectionistic routines and become more free-spirited in order to uh, get back to Jesus. So I would say pursue that kind of thing. Go after um, things that you have in your life that if somebody tried to take it away from you, you would uh, you'd give them a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that's and, powerful. You know, people, people don't take it seriously, but it could be sugar. It could be caffeine. It could be alcohol. It could be uh, spending. It, you know, some of those things that... Um, you know, those are those can be really significant. That's a really good conversation, Jay. It's real. It's a it's a challenge. I was going to say it's an encouragement, and it is. But I think more than that, it's a challenge. So, thanks for being here again. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure, Jay Slocum. Uh, Ascension over in the uh, shady side Oakland neighborhood is where uh, Jay's part of the ministry there. Just fabulous, and uh, the Anglican. Anglican perspective from Jay Slocum on uh, on Lent. I look forward to Lent coming up. I know. It's your favorite part of the year. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, does, does this, this make sense? sense? Does it make sense? Be right back. Pittsburgh Christian Talk here on Word FM. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive a lifetime labor warranty from doing it right. Doing it right does all work to manufacturers, national Roofing Contractors Association and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Want it done right? Call Doing It Right. At Eden Christian Academy, God's Word is not merely mentioned at weekly chapel. It's integrated into every class every day at Eden's three North Hills campuses. But every February, Spiritual Enrichment Week provides a special opportunity for every student to deepen their faith through interactive opportunities that engage their hearts and minds. 
Eden Christian Academy, pre-K through 12th grade. To learn more about Spiritual Enrichment Week, visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. I love living in a rural community where neighbors help neighbors, even if we don't always agree on sports teams, politics, or the COVID-19 vaccines. We all have our opinions. Getting vaccinated is your choice, and no one can make your mind up for you. Talk to your health care provider about your questions to help make a decision that's right for you. GetVaccineAnswers.org has the latest information to help you decide. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. Flood watch is in effect through Wednesday morning. For tonight, it will be overcast with a little rain this evening, followed by a passing late-night shower. We'll see a low of 41. Breezy tomorrow morning, otherwise low clouds, maybe some sunshine. will reach a high of 42. For Thursday, cloudy skies, a bit of snow and rain at times in the afternoon with little to no accumulation. We'll see a high Thursday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. what makes sense the junk drawer oh i love a junk drawer i love the junk drawer so much in what room uh <laughs> uh we well my wife wouldn't call it there uh in the kitchen okay you got a junk drawer mm-hmm. where is it kitchen mm-hmm. but i feel badly about it why no i love it it's so, me it's wait, like so it makes sense Oh, it makes a hundred percent. It's it's like the land of lost opportunity, <laughs> broken dreams, <laughs> and of second chances. Mm. Because when in doubt, where is it? Oh, it's got to be in the junk drawer. I love the junk drawer. Doesn't make sense to you? Well, it doesn't make sense to me. It I, I, huh. when I open it, you feel sad. It brings judgment to me. Oh no. No. It does. It it speaks to me like you are this disorganized nope. that all of no. that this has happened. You're seeing it wrong. It's a playground. It's it's a garden of earthly delights. There are things in there you go, you, what is this? Oh, I that's the key to our first house. I'm throwing it back in there. I'm never going to you know, oh, what is this? Oh, this is a And the, no no part of you says what is why am I so decrepit that I would choose nope. to keep this mass of trash. No. Look, oh here. Oh, this is a what? This is the um it checks the air pressure in my tires. Meanwhile, I've got 12 of them, but I need that one cuz you never know. I love the junk drawer. I everybody I, I hate to say it. I have two junk drawers. Doubling up, babe, cuz it's good. Double your pleasure. All right, you say it makes sense? It makes perfect sense. Okay, uh, we were talking to Jay about going out. We were out at dinner, you and I. Mm -hmm. Men who wear nail nail polish. polish. Mm -hmm. We went out to dinner. Yep. Excellent waiter. Such such a great waiter. A plus, A plus, A plus. And as a former waiter, I judge hard. He was wearing nail polish. Mm -hmm. And his nails were quaffed. Now, I'll say this. At some point in my life, I'd have gone... What are you kidding me? What's wrong with this guy? On this guy, I thought, hey, 
It worked. He looked put together. He looked very put together from head to toe. Mm-hmm. His 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 care for me was there in his fingertips. Yes. Now, it's not my thing. I'm not going to do it. But if you want to do it, whatever. It says something about you. I liked it. So it makes sense? It made sense to me. Yeah. I think it made sense to me, too. Junk drawers. Guys in there wearing their pumps. I, I don't know. I, don't know. I, mean, I, th- I mean, if you say it like that, but it does make sense. 101.5 WORD. It's dangerous to take God's glory for granted. And this week on Truth For Life, we'll hear about the devastating results when Israel put their faith in the ark of God as a lucky charm rather than in the living God himself. Study along with us on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. There's one box that you'd run back into your burning house to grab. It's the box filled with your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Those sentimental, meaningful, irreplaceable moments. Hi, I'm Nick Mako. And I'm Adam Baselogger. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago so that we could help families save their memories from being destroyed by floods or fires. And it's not just natural disasters, Adam. Every day, videotapes and photos are slowly fading away, decaying, neglected in closets and attics. Digitizing your old media stops fading, and preserving those recordings means they are safe forever. It's like magic converting your shoebox of memories into digital files ready to watch and share. It's the only way to ensure your legacy is safe for generations. That's why over a million families have already trusted Legacy Box. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe. We'd love to preserve your family's collection. Don't wait. The risk is too great. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get started and save. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found an unshakable educational partner in Eden Christian Academy where students experience an engaging, rock-solid Christian education at each of their three North Hills campuses, enabling them to thrive academically, spiritually, and socially. Schedule a personal tour today and see what a consistent, quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Okay, in your viewing habits, I've seen this several times over the last you know five months or so i'm watching a, a program whether it's a movie or you know a, it's a long form series or whatnot and one of the characters shows up and all of a sudden who pulls out a pack of tarot cards and they become like a part of the plot tarot cards 
Now, tarot cards are having some sort of weird cultural resurgence, right? As as the number of people who say, I don't believe in God, but I'm spiritual. Well, the tarot cards or the, the wackadoodle Ouija board are on the front lines of consumer mm-hmm. accessories that people must have. Yeah, that's true. Now, tarot cards, I believe ultimately that it's black magic. So do I. Do you that, think that, Christy? I do. That it's there's a darkness there that we should not be part of. Yeah, I don't think that they're anything to play around with. But because, you're right, the society that we're in has become increasingly secularized, tarot cards seem like the safe way to have something spiritual happen to you. Right. So I saw an article, is tarot just a cool self-help deck of cards? And it's, it's a good piece, isn't it? It is a good piece. Yeah, it's written by uh, Daniel Wise mm-hmm. in Religion Dispatches. Right. And so he says this, that, um, let me see, let me find the, uh, let me, uh, this most important thing that I wanted to take from the whole thing. Yeah, well, while you're looking for it, John, let me tell you something. I'll do a little introduction. Okay. That he talks about the fact that National Public Radio had done a segment about tarot cards. Yes. Um, and this is what NPR included. They said uh, they interviewed a tarot reader and writer by the name of Michelle T. And she said some people mistakenly come to tarot for a prediction of the future when it's really just about self-reflection. If you're a person that wants to integrate more spirituality into your life or look at life a bit more philosophically. Now, Daniel Wise, who's writing this article, says, what I can tell you, this is Daniel Wise's words in reflecting upon the NPR article, is that for many... Tarot is most certainly about predicting the future. It is very much supernatural. And that we tend to, in America, give it a veneer of rationality because that's what we do with all spiritual things in America. Right, yeah. That we ignore the darkness and go, oh, yeah. That or makes we, ignore, sense. we ignore the power of it at all by just saying, oh, it's just a way for us to be smarter and more science-minded <laughs> right, as we right. look at the tarot cards. Right. So in the article, he says this. For many, tarot is a form of divination. The cards pulled reveal secrets about the past, present, and future. Many treat their tarot decks as if they themselves have knowledge, as if they are spiritual beings. Certain decks are said to have volatile personalities capable of taking an attitude when the tarot reader should with with a tarot reader should they fail to heed the deck's advice. Mm-hmm. So the tarot reader takes on this priestess Generally, it's a woman who's you know right. doing the tarot reading. That they themselves are opening a portal to your past, mm-hmm. present, and future. Right. Now, whether you believe it or not, I think it could significantly be a portal to a supernatural plane. That's why I think it's dangerous. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, now, years ago, this may not surprise you if you listen closely to the show... Uh, <laughs> I tried. This was years ago. A friend of mine who was a producer, he would bring in musical acts and things like that. One, this was like, uh, this is my first year back, 1990. Uh, I was back in Pittsburgh after being away for a decade. And 1990, uh, a friend of mine uh, produced what he called a spiritual fair. So, like, he rented a space and he invited, you know, tarot card readers and fortune tellers and all these things now why were you invited i he paid me to be there to, to do what 
to just be like I, I was at the door. Oh, so you were like six a greeter. Bucks, six bucks to get in or something like whatever Pat was charging. I mean, it was goofy. Were you a Christian at this point? Uh, I would say I was a Christian, but I was I was a nominal Christian. Okay. Um, so you want to do this? You want to make some money? Yeah, sure, I'll do this. So I hung out. Uh, weirdly enough, it was like a s- Sunday afternoon. And the place was packed. I mean, literally, there there were hundreds and hundreds of people in this place. And so you could go up to different tables and right. meet different people who were. So you know, as a, you know, it costs you X, six bucks to get in, and then you know whatever they paid for your reading. But all occult things. There was no like. There was no. You wouldn't find like no, an there, Episcopal priest there no, or some Baptist no, minister or anything. You would not. So it wasn't really a spiritual fair. It no, was just a. It was, it, was, just, it was a non. It was an occult fair. It was a money grab. Okay, basically what it felt like. And I, so I was like, you know, it was like four o'clock. And this lady, well, you know, I'll read your cards. And I was like, okay. It was goofy. I mean, immediately you kind of go, this is just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. You know, it's shrouded in this sort of veneer of the cards, are, you know, in some ways have beauty about them and mystery. There's people and colors and, you know, scenes of whatever. Right. But ultimately it just, it was a, it was a fool. It was a foolish prank, was what it felt like. As soon as she started telling me, I felt like, oh, I'm being duped. It didn't make any sense at all. But people by the millions now are doing it. Want to believe this, that there is power. And that's the problem. Because people have to believe something. Right. I mean, we, we preach to each other about how we're science based in all things, but human beings are not purely science based about anything. No. Right? It's not like science. Science is one aspect, one area of life that we can get information from. But there are all sorts of other spheres of life. Yes. You know, we can get information from history. We can get information from philosophy. We can get information from experience. We can get information from one another. And, and one of the places we can get information from is the spiritual world, right? It's people, neat people will inevitably be spiritual. I need something. What about people who are, you know, witches or the rise of there are a ton the of them. Wiccan religion, right? We had remember we had yes, several we Wiccans who were frequent listeners frequent listeners, communicators with us over mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. When order happened. I don't know. We haven't heard from them in a while. Mm-mm. I mean nothing. I'm <laughs> looking for a conversation, but No, yeah. but we're looking for a conversation with anybody. I mean I was happy to have the conversation. But, but I but, but I, in the back of your mind didn't you feel like the same thing how they felt about tarot cards? No, I it's kinda I, wacky. No, I didn't think it was wacky. I thought it was, I thought wacky. It was no. Come I, on. I don't think it's wacky. I think it's I think it's potentially dangerous in a wacky kind of way. <laughs> Christy, what do you think about it? What's your connection? You do you do have it? any? Um, no, I don't have. I, I don't have any connection. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, How about a Ouija board? Never. No, I would party. never do that. It scares me. You know why? Because we believe evil is a thing. Yeah. Evil is a thing. You we believe me? we believe it's real. I think for people who don't believe it's real, then they can fool around with stuff like that and just kind of be freaked out. It's like going to a scary movie because no, but, you know it's not going to happen. Well, here's the weird thing. You know, if you look at like your Netflix feed or whatever, we live in such a culture of death that we have lifted death up and praise it and but play it's with fake it. death. Exactly. So if your life is struck by tragedy, where there is actual horror, where there is darkness, do you still want to trade in that? I remember um, reading about Stephen King's son. And he said growing up, Mm. his parents placed no gates on what they watched, listened to, or read. So he said, I was surrounded. Of course, my dad, you know, world-famous writer of horror and science fiction, 
and we'd go to these shows. People were adoring my father. I read and watched any number of you know things that were just horrific. And he said, it didn't affect me. You see who I am now as a man. I'm fine 100%. Well, I would say that's the exception, not the rule. Because it is that adage, of course, garbage in, garbage out. What we ingest, yeah, I... whether it's prayer or horror films, make us the people that we are. I think it's good to have our eyes open to see what kinds of what kinds of things the culture is trafficking, and one of them is this type of spirituality. It's not that Jesus can't speak to that. It's not that no, Jesus hasn't Jesus overcome that in there. But if we're going to have, if we're going to share him with the world, then we need to. I think we need to have our eyes open that this is what it is. And this is something that's going on right now. We need to be ready for. Satan is real. Evil's real. So we open the door for Satan. I believe that 100%. No. Why would you do that? You know, me just being an idiot. It's bad enough. Bad <laughs> enough. You idiot. What are you doing, coconut? Stop it. All right, coming up next, uh, it's the 42nd anniversary of a very significant milestone, not just in uh, the world of diplomacy, but also in the world of sport. We'll talk about that coming up next. Hi, I'm Al Aberroa, founder of Night Strategic Wealth. Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. Nobody wants to run out of money in retirement. That's why I'm going to share something that your financial advisor doesn't want you to know. With our investment strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year. And when the stock market goes down, your investments won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money to brokerage firm, or even money to bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text free to 833-898-0500. Text free to 833-898-0500. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Experience the difference at Slippery Rock University. Take the first step to turning your passion into a career by visiting SRU. Take a walking tour of the campus, meet with faculty, and learn about the benefits of a rock-solid education. Visit sru.edu slash visit. My grandma makes fried chicken that is simply the world's best. But sometimes she'll say, "Uh, I didn't get that batch just perfect. To me, a little bit less than the world's best still tastes like the world's best. It's Ryan, and that's kind of how I feel about all this interest rate hubbub right now. The internet wants to make it feel like the sky is falling. And sure, rates might come up a bit this year, but a small move up from historically the lowest the world has ever seen is still some tasty fried chicken. 
I worked with a radio listener this week and gave him five different refinance and cash out refinance options. Because rates were still great and because home values have gone sky high, he was able to pull out a significant amount of cash from his home and his mortgage payment and years on the loan didn't change at all. They're going to use the cash to pay off some debt, take a special vacation, and save the rest for peace in their brains. If you're curious what your specific options would be, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. 42 years ago today, February 22nd, 1980, do you know what happened? Uh, this is an Olympic thing, right? Because the Olympics. Yeah. Oh, this is, um, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, this is a miracle on ice right? day. Yes, it is. Uh, 42 years. 42 years ago oh, today, February 22nd, 1980, oh. the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York, uh, the gold medal game between the United States and the I, Soviet Union. Did you watch? No. I watched. Yeah, well, it was on tape delay. I know that. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. I don't remember. I remember ta- I was oh pretty gosh. little at the time. Jim McKay. Right. Oh, fabulous. I mean, what a day. Wait, but it wasn't Jim McKay who did the call. No, it was. Uh, wasn't it ABC? Oh, it might have been ABC. Yeah. But well, it was. He was the host. Yeah, he was the host yeah, of, right. the, of the Winter Olympics. Yeah. But it was, what's his name? It was, the, it was Monday Night Football guy. Oh, right. Uh, that's how he made, that's how he started his whole career. That kicked off his career. Why can't I think of his name? Christy, you know who I'm talking about. Nope. Nope. Have Sorry. you ever seen the game, Christy? No. You've ne- How about the film? I saw the film. Okay. Oh, yeah, oh isn't that a great it's film? A film. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, so when you think that it was that stinking long ago. 42 years. I mean, that's just outrageous. So you remember watching it, John? Yeah. Because it was such a thing. Wow. It was a gig- oh, it was massive. So um, as- this, I'm sorry. And, and, and at the time, Pittsburgh really wasn't much of a hockey town. Oh, no, of course not. No. no, at that point, we were going to to watch the Blue and White Penguins yeah, right. lose. Yeah. That's what we were doing, right? Um, Al Michaels, by the way. Al Michaels. His name just came to my head. Um, I don't believe that, and I could be wrong about this because I haven't looked it up in a long time, but I'm pretty sure that he had never called a hockey game before really? that. And I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure game? I remember him thinking that he, he all he knew was icing. That he didn't know anything oh else about gosh. hockey. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. But anyway, in 1999, Sports Illustrated named the Miracle on Ice the top sports moment of the 20th century. Oh, really? And as For part Americans. Of, yeah, as part, yeah, as part of its centennial celebration in 08, the International Ice Hockey Federation named the Miracle on Ice as the best international ice hockey story of the past 100 years. Mm, for Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is like, yeah. What do you remember but, about it? The shock. That we were playing against pros. Pros, right. That, that's what it was. It was the, the ultimate David and Goliath story. Because, again, you know. No, and, of course, we were, it was at the height of the Cold War. Right. Yeah. And it was a bunch of kids against Russian pros. How could that even be? How could that even work? Mm-hmm. That's the improbability of it all is what I remember. Yeah. That they were even in the game in the first place. The grit and determination that made them get there. I mean, it's stunning. And so – isn't it interesting that today we're talking about Russia invading Ukraine? We're talking about like the the contest of wills between superpowers. Yeah, you think that's forty two years ago? No, well, look, I mean, and, you couldn't even they weren't even in the Olympics. Their country was illegally, you know, involved in the Olympics because of their cheating scandal. Right. So here we are. It's the same story, but it's just a different you know face on the on the photo. It doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence in the IOC, does it? No, it, it does not. hundred uh, percent. 
The whole thing's so crooked. I'm sorry that you lost your mojo for the Olympics. I did. I, I, I was watch. I was faithfully watching the Olympics, trying to support the athletes sorry. while while keeping in my head exactly what was going on. You know, we I understand the face the China's I plot, trying to put on this, but I'm trying to support the athletes. And then over time, I just got worn down. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I don't care about this anymore either. I didn't watch one second. I just Gosh. didn't care. Because if don't the you get sick? The skating thing ruined it. Everything feels like it's rigged anymore. It for me. What is the deal? Heaven help us. Thank God there's Jesus in him. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.